this is Nerd Porn Auteur by Ernest Klein. God, I wish it wasn't. I've noticed that there don't seem to be any porno movies that are made for guys like me. All the porn I've come across is targeted at beer swelling, sports bar dwelling, alpha males, men who like their women stupid and submissive, men who can only get it up for monosyllabic, monosyllabic cock-hungry nymphos with gargantuan breasts and a three-word vocabulary. I hate every second of this. Adult films are populated with these collagen-injected liposuctioned women, many of whom have resorted to surgery and self-mutilation in an attempt to look the way they have been told to look. This These aren't weird. real women, they're this is, objects. This is Walt shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've got to keep this in now. Thank you, I'll be here all week. And these movies aren't erotic, they're pathetic. These vacuum-headed fuck bunnies don't turn me on, they disgust me. And it's not that I'm against pornography. I mean, I'm a guy. And guys need porn. Fact. That's, own, <laughs> that's its own line, by the way. I hate this. I'm, not, I'm gonna stop listening and start reading The Nation magazine. And like a preacher needs pain, like a needle needs a vein, guys need porn. But I don't want to watch this misogynist he-man woman-hater porn. I want he porn movies to watch porn, <laughs> that are made with guys like me in mind. Guys who know that the sexiest thing in the world is a woman who is smarter than you are. You can have the whole cheerleading squad. I want the girl in the tweed skirt and the horn-rimmed glasses. Benny Fidabowski, the valedictorian. Oh, yes. First, I want to copy her trig homework, and then I want to make mad, passionate love to her for hours and hours until she reluctantly I gonna, asks... I was gonna make a joke, but it might be problematic. Ooh. I know, should I go for it? Just cut it out if, it's, if you judge that it's bad. But what's the line about Betty Finabowski? Read that again. Betty Finabowski, the valedictorian. You know, you can just type in Jew in Pornhub. That's what he means for, like, a lot of this. Oh, boy. That is a spicy one. I mean, it's what he means. Also, I like that he's piggybacking off her achievements yeah. <laughs> instead of, like, having a nice conversation with her. Yeah, like... I want someone who's smart, but I don't want to treat them as a person. Anyway, fade the drums it's, it's, back in. It's Hang on, because he's not going like, objectification of women is a bad thing. He's like, no, you guys are objectifying the wrong way. <laughs> I want people, I want girls to tell me their, their achievements so I can ignore them and pound off. <laughs> For yeah. hours and hours, until she reluctantly asks if we can stop. Because she doesn't want to miss Battlestar Galactica. No, she just doesn't want to. Like, <laughs> Summa cum laude, baby. That is what I call erotic. But do you ever see that kind of woman in a contemporary adult film? No. Which is why I'm going to start writing and directing geek porno. I shall be the quintessential nerd porn auteur, and the women in my porno movies will be the kind that drive nerds like me mad with desire. He's just, like, bad at searching. Like, I mean, unless this is written in the time, like, whatever this is written, because unless, unless the only way you can get porn is going into the back of family video, <laughs> you can find this kind of stuff. I mean, you can't, you can't find a video that's like, woman plays chess for two hours on Pornhub, but like, you can find like, just Google Glasses. I don't know. 
The women in my porno maybe movies... Cut, maybe cut all of this out. The women in my porno movies will be the kind that appeal to guys who are smart enough to be smug about it, but not smart enough to figure out the Suicide <laughs> Girls is a thing. I'm talking about the girls that used to fuck up the gritting curve, the girls in the Latin Club and the National Honor Society, what chicks with weird clothes, braces, four eyes, and 4.0 GPAs, brainy, articulate bookworms with Mensa cards in their purses and chips on their shoulders. Just, just go, just open up Snapchat, open up your laptop, Go to Suicide Girls, take a picture of that on Snapchat, and then with the with the uh, sketching thing, just draw an Argyle sweater vest on them. And that's all that he's looking for. My porn stars will come in all shapes and sizes. My porn stars will be too busy working on their PhD to go to the gym. In my kind of porno movies, the girls wouldn't even have to get naked. They just take the guys down to the rec room and beat them repeatedly at chess and then talk to them for hours about Heisenberg's uncertainty principle. Oh my god, he invented ASMR. <laughs> about Heisenberg's uncertainty principle and the underlying social metaphors in the Aliens movies. He doesn't know shit about social metaphors. I'm sorry, I've read some of his fucking prose. He doesn't know shit. Also, motherfucker, the Alien movies. Only one of them is called Aliens. It's not um, even the best one. Excuse me, so which one do you say is the best one? Alien. Alien Resurrection, you're incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> which one was the Joss Whedon one? That was Resurrection. Nice. just making sure I got my text. Uh, three was the David Fincher one. That apparently the assembly cut is really good, but I haven't gotten around to it. I'd watch a David Lynch alien movie. <laughs> <laughs> There's not even aliens in it. It just takes place in a farmhouse that's six hours long. I, I think that literally just is Twin Peaks The Return. <laughs> Buy stock in some hand cream companies because there is about to be a major shortage. And I'm not just talking about straight porn, oh no. There should be fuck films for my nerd brethren of all sexual orientations. Gay nerd porn flicks with titles like Dungeons and Drag Queens. And no other examples. <laughs> this idea is a fucking goldmine. I'm gonna make millions because this country is full of database programmers and electronics engineers, and they aren't getting the loving they so desperately need. And you can help. I like how we said need and not deserve. Because it's like, <laughs> that's a bit too far. Also, I assume this country, he just means San Francisco. Yeah. If you're an intelligent woman, if you're an intelligent woman is interested in breaking into the adult film industry. Yeah, like, at that point I was, because I regrettably read this, and I was like, at that point I was thought, oh, this is not actually um, a poem. This is just a Craigslist ad. Because I figured it was a poem, but then I remembered what his prose looks like, and it's formatted literally exactly the same. So I was like, maybe this was just a blog post. If you're an intelligent woman is interested in breaking into the adult film industry, and if you can tell me the name of Luke Skywalker's home planet, then you are hired. Yeah. Stop. That's not even an obscure thing. Like, if you're aware that the words star and wars have appeared together on the same page, <laughs> jump at the chance for me to ogle you. <laughs> It doesn't matter if you think you're overweight or unattractive. It doesn't matter if you don't think you're beautiful. You are beautiful. This is this is the this is the weirdest One Direction song. 
<laughs> and I will make you a star. Oh. You're listening to Spall Talk, the only podcast where two siblings talk about the life and career of Timothy Spall. I I'm Neil Scott Heron, here with my brother Eric Jacoby. I hate that we're starting the show this way, but yeah, I'm Eric <laughs> Jacoby. My sincerest apologies <laughs> about that. Oh, so Eric, who is Timothy Spall? Um, Timothy Spall in this movie plays, I'm gonna be, this movie, which is the love punch, cause we screwed it up this time. Right, last yes. Time, last time I screwed it up, we switch off every week to keep things fresh. Uh, the film is called The Love Punch. Directed by Joel Hopkins, released in 2013. Timothy Spall plays a guy whose name I didn't quite catch, who is Pierce Brosnan's, uh, work buddy? Slash war buddy? Just his friend. They golf together. And he gets roped into uh, a heist to, you know, get back money. So he claims for all the people who have been wronged by the dude who screwed over Pierce Brosnan. But, like, they're selling one diamond. (laughs) He can't finance pensions for all those people and college fund stuff. Yeah. Hey, Neil, who's Tim Spall? Timothy Spall's mother, Sylvia R. Spall... Nay Leonard was a hairdresser, and his father, Joseph L. Spall, was a postal worker. I like to think of Timothy as R. Spall, O-U-R-S-P-A-L-L dot net. Uh, he's, he's in Spall of our hearts. All right, and... Please uh, fucking pay attention to this podcast. Woo! Would you like to try giving a uh, summary of the film? I can give it my best shot. Uh, Pierce Brosnan has a job. It's not super clear what it is. He's like a, he's like a guy, he's like a finance guy, I guess. And he has an ex-wife and a daughter who's going off to college. Also, I don't know the names of any character in this movie, just so you know. I do know that Timothy, no, 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 that Pierce Brosnan and Emma Thompson are the Joneses. Because that is a setup to a really lame song joke. Do you? Mr. Jones. That was supposed to be harmonica. Anyway, so Pierce Brosnan goes to work one day when he's only two weeks away from retirement to find out that, unlike a cop movie, he doesn't get shot, but his whole company is shot. (laughs) Uh, It's just completely, like, they're foreclosed upon, which is not how that works. When you shut down a company, the building doesn't get foreclosed the next day. Whoa! Turns out we've been foreclosed. Someone must have not filled out the paperwork last all night. like Zoink Scoob. They get there, and everyone's like, Pierce Brosnan, we just all lost our jobs. And he's like, I'm gonna fix this. So, Pierce Brosnan and his ex-wife, uh, once they realize that since the stock is completely worthless and the company is destroyed... Their entire pension is gone because it was mostly stocks. Their children's college fund is gone because it's stocks. Like, it's all just ruined, and so is the savings of everybody else who worked for this company. So they hatch this plot uh, to try and get their money back. So they go to this... Well, no, no, they go to France. Yeah, they they go just to France. confront the guy, yeah. like, hey, They're like, you destroyed our company. Yeah, for, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, for some people who just lost their jobs, they're remarkably like easily able to just get on a plane and fly to France to confront like a Jared Kushner-looking ass motherfucker. I mean, like, I guess flying to another country was easier before the Brexit. That is true. Oh yeah, that's right. They're in England. Um, but anyway, 
he gets he gets he gets to France, confronts Jared Kushner, and he's like, "You took all my money." And Jared Kushner's like, "Huh, I did. I am how you say evil." And they're like, "Darn, talking to him didn't get everybody's pensions back." Oh, it seems je did destroy your pension, but je ne care pas. Oh well. I am too busy drawing the Prophet Muhammad. Priest <laughs> uh, be upon him. Uh, I, I like the cultural problem that Africans had their pensions destroyed by me. <laughs> That's Macron, but not Jared Kushner. One thing that I like to write is all the racist. Hey, Dad! Dad! Zutalo! <laughs> One thing that I like to imagine is all the, the racist French people who like to draw the Prophet Muhammad for fun. Also, Always say the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. <laughs> like, I like to think that they're like lapsed Muslims, like all of them, which they're not. But anyway, that's not the point. Oh, which company was yours that I destroyed? Uh, Charlie Hebdo, uh, Prophet Muhammad drawings are us, peace be upon them. Le racism factor. <laughs> Exactly. I believe it was the French word for factory. French. I, I think the French word for factory is just factory. Here's a secret that they don't tell you about uh, the French language. Immobile de manufacture. Here's the thing they don't tell you about the French language. It's just English, but you fuck up the words a bunch. <laughs> anyway. That's actually, like, pretty true, because, like, a lot of words are loan words. So if you're talking about things... That happened in the last 15 years. You're probably just using English words with stank on them. <laughs> but as I was saying, uh, they're like, oh no, Jared Kushner wouldn't give us all of our stocks back. So they're like, let's hatch this plot by stealing the diamond that's around the neck of Jared Kushner's hot wife. And then Ivanka Trump. And then they'll, I guess, sell the diamond and make enough money to get everybody their savings back because apparently it's like the hope diamond that's around her. I believe it's called the eye of the rainbow because yes. it glows like a rainbow in the dark. Is that lyrics to the song <laughs> rainbow in the dark? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cause I, I knew that was a song, but I don't know that much about like 80s pop. So I'm no Ernie Klein here. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I if you're a nerd called. girl and can tell me the title of Dio's song, Rainbow in the Dark. There's a rainbow <laughs> in the dark. Rainbow <laughs> in the dark. Uh, ooh, zingdom. Anyway, because here's the thing that I keep getting hung up on is the diamond that they stole, for it to be worth enough to, uh, you know, get all the money that they want from it, then it has to be too famous to fence. <laughs> like that's nonsense. But anyway, they steal. They have this whole big heist where they he recruits Timothy Spall and Timothy Spall's wife. And like they, they literally just call them and they're like, "Hey, hey, you want to come over to France and hang out?" And they're like, "All right, do do enjoy the south of France." And Timothy Spall goes over like, "Hey, how about we kidnap four people <laughs> and take their place so we can steal a diamond?" From this dude who ruined my company. And they go and talk, him and his wife talk amongst themselves for legit, like, 15 seconds. And they're like, yeah, all right. I mean, sounds like, sounds fun. Let's do it. <laughs> so they do that. They kidnap four Texans. You know, they drug them, take their place. 
Pierce Brosnan puts on a cowboy hat and a fake mustache that also makes him look sideburns. like that makes him look like um Norm Burt Reynolds, like Norm Macdonald doing Burt Reynolds. Like he makes him look like Turd Ferguson. Oh, and also somewhere between these <laughs> two, uh, be- between the setup and the part where they actually do the heist, there's a scene that uh, I accidentally skipped while watching it. Yeah, the, where just, uh, the DVD was so fucked. Yeah, where um, Emma Thompson meets the rich guy's fiance, and they 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 chat, they dish, they bombed, and then she goes up. Uh, Parasailing, parasurfing, some weird thing involving a parachute, and like that gets her really mad at Pierce Brosnan for falling asleep. Anyway, um, yeah, the DVD would wouldn't stop skipping that scene. Yeah, and also when we tried to go back and be like, okay, here's the scene we were watching. It just took us t- took us to the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. It was awful. But anyway, uh, as I was saying in the narrative. They successfully steal the diamond uh, and replace it with a dummy diamond, I believe. A diamond. A Ray Stremmer. <laughs> I uh, got no type. Big diamonds is the only thing that I like. Go, she's a real. I really like the song Black Beetle. <laughs> anyway, they replace. It I with mean, a, what's a Black Beetle anyway? A, a fucking, fucking roach. roach. That's why they got me here sitting in fucking coach. Anyway. They, um, take a shot anytime I say the word anyway. Uh, they replaced the diamond with a race run, and then what I think happened is, uh, coincidentally, you know, Jared Kushner's hot fiance realizes that she does not love Jared Kushner and sells what she thinks is the real diamond. No, no, while they're, while they're trying to steal the diamond, uh, the fiance comes into the room, and you may have missed this because because uh, I wasn't paying attention. The disc started skipping. Oh, okay. But like she again has a heart to heart with uh, uh, Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson, yes, and she realizes she does not love him. I do not love him. I and, do not. It's bullshit. I do not. And oh, so and so she convinces her to to. Pretend she stole, pretend she sold the diamond so that, you know, they can get away and not be put under suspicion. But that doesn't work at all. Yeah, they still get under suspicion. They still go through a metal detector, but it's like an X-ray. No, no, no. They get, uh, well, they realize that the Texans come in, they're like, there's been a travesty of justice. Some British people uh, drugged us and tied us up in our hotel rooms. That's probably a better Texas accent than either Pierce Brosnan or they, they really st- any of the four of them do. They stomped their feet and fired their guns up in the air. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, Pierce Brosnan and Emma Thompson get uh, captured, and they yeah, get legit- yeah. they they get tied to folding chairs and kind of sort of tortured. It, it's, it just slaps him a bunch. It, like, rips off his fake mustache, so it kind of stings. And then they put them in the back of a truck and try to push the truck off of a cliff. Mm-hmm. What, what an odd way to try to kill someone. Okay. But oh, t- but t- oh, this was definitely, uh, they, 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 they crashed this car into the ocean while being tied to folding chairs. There's no foul play here at all. Yeah. I mean, Timothy Spall did get x-rayed, though. Yeah, like, the they guests- were able to get out because they were the ones actually holding the diamond. Yeah, the guests actually get x-rayed. 
And Timothy Spall gets x-rayed, and he finds out that he has... Um, forceps. Forceps. Uh, for the listeners at home, Eric was making a sort of scissor motion at the part of the body that Timothy Spall had the forceps in. Yeah. And I like that way of representing that scene without actually saying anything about it. That's what happened. He found out that in his gut there was still some forceps from the surgery. Um, and anyway, I oh know, they all live happily ever after. Yeah, pretty m- Oh, uh, Emma Thompson has been cyber-sexting a, uh, French guy named Jean-Baptiste. Turns out he's, like, 25 and gonna, looks exactly like jean Raphael. I'm gonna say... That his name is just John Ralphio. He's not French. No, no, no. Jean Ralphio from Parcs et Rec. Parcs et Recreation. Also starring Aziz Ansari, Amy Poehler, Le Dude What Fait Ron Swanson, Nick Offerman, Nick Ochante, Adam Scott, Aubrey Plaza. Christopher Pratt. Another uh, name of the dude who played Jerry. Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who else is in that show? That's uh, not the point. Kramer, George Costanza. George Costanza. Anyway. Newman. Shut, Newman. Shut the hell up. Where was that? They live happily ever after. Yeah. Yeah. There's really not a lot to say about the ending, yeah. except it's that a, it looks like complete ass because they do like a day for night thing and you can't see shit. I gotta say, don't uh, 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 have cyber sex with uh, French people. Do cyber bully French people. <laughs> That's the official opinion of Spall Talk. Oh, 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 and what are you wearing? Oh, 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 I am wearing lingerie with the image of the Prophet Mohammed, peace be upon him. But he is smoking a blunt that is also a penis. Oh, 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 oh. what stunning social satire. I am so hard right now. Most of what French people think of as like social satire with the Prophet Muhammad is just like it's just like T-shirts that you get at like a fair or like a you know air spray kiosk at the mall. But instead of like Calvin peeing, it's the Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him peeing. Oh, I have the Prophet Muhammad, but he is wearing an American Army uniform. And he is, and it says Desert Storm on it, and he is saying, I was there, and it sucks more fire, and one of his eyes is completely fucked up. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so you know that, you it know that. It will go great with the one where he is saying, Nelson Mandela, the dude is my hero. So you know that, that bootleg, um, backpack that you see online that has a, a miscolored Sonic the Hedgehog? And it says Harry Potter on the top and Obama going down the side. <laughs> it's that, but it's the Prophet Muhammad. Peace be upon him. Uh, it, it's the Prophet Muhammad with a uh, line from, with like six lines from a Cameron song. Did you pronounce Cameron in a French accent? <laughs> oh, Cameron et le dipset. We're, we're giving up on this joke. <laughs> Mostly because I don't know any French words. Eiffel Tower, baguette. Omelette de fromage. Oh mon dieu, c'est la plus belle pizza que je jamais vu. Le fromage roi se ferait mieux que le dernier film de Gerard Depardieu. <laughs> but yo, fuck that. I don't eat my pizza with brie or escargot or duck confit, a hot slice in my hand, no cutlery at the P-I-Z-Z-A party. 
Anyway, let's, let's move on. About whatever the band, the dude who's in Vampire Weekend. Ezra Koenig? Ezra Klein from Vampire Weekend. <laughs> the band that he had before Vampire Weekend. Uh, hello, hum- I'm Ezra Klein from Vampire Weekend, and here is why Donald Trump is stealing hot Afrobeat rhythm sections. I'm, I'm actually Ira Glass. I was going to say that's a pretty good Ira Glass, but I don't know what Ezra Klein sounds like. I'm here on This American Life, talking about uh, why Trump thinks it don't be like it is, but it do. So you, you you have to listen. Okay. You have to be stuck in a room for 48 hours and make conversation with either Ezra Klein or Ernest Klein. <laughs> Edit that out. Okay. Um... It's probably going to go out with this really pregnant pause while I consider that horrendous choice. I, I think I'm going to go with Ezra Klein, because he seems like he actually thinks about the world, at, at least more than Ernest Klein does. I don't know. I, <laughs> listen, I, I want to make this clear that I'm not making fun of nerds because they're not cool enough or anything. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to put a, like my bona fides, because I don't want to try and justify that I'm nerdy enough to make this, because I think that whole idea is dumb. I mean, we already know that you know the name of Luke Skywalker's home planet, so you're obviously nerdy enough. Yeah, he's from Dantooine. Luke Skywalker, who comes from the planet Vulcan. He's from Palpatine. Who comes from, this is going to be a funny joke, because I was going to say where Ford Prefect comes from, but I don't remember. Newark. Okay. It's Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice 5. Yes. He comes from Rigel 7. Oh, yes. No, he comes from Beetlejuice 5. Rigel 7 is something else, but I don't remember what it is. Right. That's not the point. Anyway. I mean, not getting that joke. It's not going to destroy anything. It's mostly harmless. (sighs) Most of this out. I hate this. (laughs) But the point is, the point is, I was president of my high school robotics team. I was captain of the varsity quiz bowl team. I was in the marching band. I was in the pep band. I, like, I'm not saying that Ezra Klein is a nerd and liking nerdy stuff is dumb. But I am saying that liking that Bazinga bullshit, like, I stole this from a tweet that I saw on the outline, but someone called it Bazinga-ass shit, <laughs> which I love. But, I don't know, let's cut this whole part out, because I don't have a point here. I forgot what it was. Uh, our, your point was we should go to our spalling moments and spall wonders. Oh, we haven't done that yet? We yes. have not. Yeah, What's your uh, yeah, we're spall wonder? We're definitely going to need to trim this episode. My spall wonder I'm going to have to go with is the on-screen chemistry between Pierce Brosnan and Emma Roberts. And Ooh, Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson. Emma Roberts. Who's Emma Roberts? I want to say she's from Harry Potter. You know Emma? No, that's Emma Watson. Emma, Watson. Emma Roberts. I think she's from Punch Drunk Love. I don't know. Uh, so Listeners, we- call in if you know who Emma Roberts is. Spall in. Uh, there's an actress whose last name is Roberts. It might not be Emma Roberts. By the way, but I'd like to give a shout out but to Tom Aaron. because he found the secret message I put in the last episode. Shout out to our number one listener, Tom Fulton. What secret message did you put? I in put a little thing in the comments that said, uh, "Tweet me at fucking Alpha Mayor if you see this message." Nice, Tom. I love you, but you're a big nerd. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and Emma Thompson. Uh, not related to Eric Roberts at all, which was the fun fact that I was gonna say, which is that it's a different person. Um, Emma Klein from Vox.com. 
Maybe she's related to an Eric Thompson? I don't think I know an Eric Thompson. Related to Flash Thompson from the Spider-Man comics. God, it gets so off track. I love Spider-Man. I want to see this new Spider-Man movie so much. I I've heard really mixed things about it. I've heard, like, nothing but good stuff about it. I've also heard really mixed things about Baby Driver. That's true. I don't want Baby Driver to be bad. Yeah. I love that. I mean, too much all the trailers for Baby, Baby Driver, I have like not tried. Yeah. It looks so bad. Same problem I'm having with Logan Lucky, the new Soderbergh movie. Logan Lucky, that's the movie where it's, um, the trailer is, uh, is, uh, is in my lap. Sasha Baron Cohen. What the hell? Shut your fuck <laughs> up. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Yeah, it's Hugh Jackman, and it's that, uh, Hurt by Johnny Cash. That's Logan Lucky, right? <laughs> but even though that movie stars uh, Channing Tatum and Adam Driver as brothers, it looks really bad. Uh, Seth MacFarlane is involved, which is like the kiss of death for anything. I like how you said even though Channing Tatum is in it, like he's a selling point. I mean, have you seen the Jump Street movies? No. Well, okay, I did see 21 Jump Street. I haven't it seen was... 22 Jump Street either, but I really liked 21 Jump Street and also Magic Mike. I, got, I have not seen the second one of either of those series, even though I've heard they're both supposed to be pretty good. I'll tell the story off mic because we're already getting too off topic, and I'm going to get to my... Uh, Spall uh, Wonder. Spall Wonder, which is the on-screen chemistry between Pierce Brosnan and Emma Thompson. There wasn't much in this movie that I really liked, but those two are charming, so it was nice to see them interact. They're both charming people. Um, My Spall Wonder is going to be a, a sort of Spall moment where uh, Timothy Spall shows up, well, the, the first scene is Pierce Brosnan and Emma Thompson at a wedding, sort of sniping at each other for, you know, they've recently gotten divorced and they're still not over it. But Timothy Spall comes in later to see Emma Thompson's daughter off to college, because, you know, he's a friend of the family, and he tells her to have a bowl! And he, he picks up, he, he sort of produces a golf ball, and I, that is just a dad-ass move for him, and I really found that charming. I love Timothy Spall. What a great guy. Yeah. If you learn nothing else from this podcast, it's that Ernest Klein is a bazinga-ass buster, but also Timothy Spall's great. I love Timothy Spall. I wish Timothy Spall got Ernest Klein's book deal. <laughs> Listen, if Ready Player One, every character was played by Timothy Spall, I would like that movie. Superman. You know the Iron Giant's in it, right? You mean Vin Diesel or, like, the actual Iron Giant? The actual Iron Giant is in Ready Player That's One. That's fucking dumb as hell. That's not even from the 80s. <laughs> the whole fucking point of the book is that it's a BuzzFeed listicle, but a decade back. Ah, by the way, speaking of BuzzFeed, true or false, if President Trump had been born 30 years later, he would write for crack? False. I, there's no situation where Donald Trump can write. Because that's the thing about crack is that some uh, of the articles are good, some of the articles are bad, but most of them are coherent. I mean, like they, the complete incoherency is like a late thing for Trump because the dementia setting in. But like coherent Trump would still be like a bad writer, but he'd like he 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 could write a bad cracked article. So you know when Trump did that? Well, okay, first of all, the cracked article. I have too much research. Like fair enough. He he would never put in a link. But you you remember? Well, not remember. He'd be he he'd be one of the guys in their video content where it's just like rambling and mm-hmm. dropping bullshit references. Yeah. I like some of their video content, some of them I don't. But the, what I was getting at, uh, a cracked you, video. That's that shit I don't like. You remember um, 
back when the Central Park Five were on trial, and Donald Trump took out that full-page ad that was like, bring back the death penalty, bring back our police. Do you think he actually wrote all that? It was pretty long. I haven't read that. I haven't read it either, but I, I, like, I'd pay decent money to say that he was a ghostwriter for that. He probably dictated it. And, Maybe. like, had the... Per- he dictated it to someone who made embellishments and fleshed it out. But, like, the sentiments were his. That makes sense. I kind of miss the days when Donald Trump was just, like, a sleazy asshole and not, like, a no, 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 howling, no, no, wait, wait. like, fascist with a melting brain. Donald Trump would not be a cracked writer. He'd be a YouTube drama account. He'd be Keemstar. Because he just loves the drama. He would be, he would make so many videos about Leafy. See, I don't know about that. See, what I keep going back to is I can't imagine Trump making a creative work. Like, by him, by his own self, him as the driving force, creating a, a work of, you know, of some creativity. Because he has the book, which he didn't write. And he has The, the Apprentice, which he's just sort of like... It's just, they just film him reacting to stuff. But, like, he, he did those, like, Instagram videos, like, a while ago, where he just, like, he, one of them, oh, he yeah. ranted about the female Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. And, like, he, like, he could just, like, hit record on a camera and just rant about whatever's on his mind. And, like, that's the bare, that's the standard for a lot of YouTube people. That is fair. That is fair. I'm not gonna say he'd be Davis Arini, mm-hmm. because I doubt he's that into skulls. Well, okay, he doesn't drink, but also, like, Davis Arini doesn't drink, he just holds the alcohol. <laughs> uh, speaking of Davis Arini, what was your spalling moment? <laughs> That's a good transition. My spalling moment was the way that the DVD kept messing up. Yeah. That's a cop-out, but you know what? Eh, this movie didn't leave an impression on Oh, this DVD, it's a mess. It's a waste. It's a big, fat mistake. <laughs> Oh, did not have its debating boots on when it came into this. <laughs> the gun that said Governor's the Love Punch. <laughs> oh, I love that Jeb posted a picture of a monogrammed gun that just had the word America in the tweet. And I was so, sh- I was hoping so badly that that was his suicide note. <laughs> two things, two things. First of all, it's pronounced Jeb. Second of all, it's not monogrammed, because monograms would just be initials. But then again, his first name is his initials. <laughs> but it said Governor Je- it said Gov. Jeb Bush. Right, yeah. So it was a uh, a customized handgun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how sad. Man, like, Jeb Bush kind of deserves a lot of what he got, because he's a bad guy. But also, like, imagine that fate. Like, it's like he's almost like... He pissed off a Greek god, and his tragedy is trying to be more like his fucking dumbass brother <laughs> who ruined the country. Uh, I'd just like to say, Jeb Bush, thanks for the memories, even though you weren't so great. He tastes like you, only sweeter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just speaking of, my spalling moment was... That's a uh, good song. It's not a spalling at all. I, I meant your... your, your use of that line to compare me to Jeb Bush. I, I am a spall to be compared to Jeb Bush. One night, yeah, one more time. Yeah, one of the many hot takes of spall talk. 
Fallout Boy, should've really on, good. Shouldn't have stayed on hiatus. Yeah. I mean, it's like Family Guy. I'll say, I'll say. Except pre-hiatus, Fallout Boy was like actually good instead of just mediocre. Yeah. It's like Family Guy, except I've actually like interacted with it. Like, <laughs> um, anyway, early Fallout Boy is extremely good. There are tracks off Save Rock and Roll that I think are okay. American Beauty, American Psycho, entirely belongs in the garbage. <laughs> Speaking the of only, music, the only good part on that whole album is the part from Uma Thurman that came from the Monsters theme. <laughs> which was also the only good thing about the Monsters. Uh, hold on. I like Fred Gwynn. He, he was a... He, he, Herman Munster was a charming character. He was just like, what if the Addams Family wasn't as good? Yeah. But anyways, speaking of music, my spalling moment... There are many bad tracks on the soundtrack here. There is I, I, later in the show we are going to do a pick your choice about which song in the soundtrack is the worst. But the one that hurt me the most was a cover of "Taking Care of Business" by I want to say Backman Turner Overdrive. Yeah, well, not the cover, but the original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. BTO. Nobody cares who the cover is by. That's true. Although I do need. It's sort of like I mean I want to find out who the what uh, Eric picked uh, "Bitches Brew" out of the. Uh, the CD bookcase that we have in the illustrious studio. And I want to say that's a really good choice. Yeah, I know. I'm just going to rip it onto the computer. I've already heard this album. Yeah. I took a history of jazz class. I, I know my stuff. Yeah. Um, We've mentioned it before. Yeah. Keen-eared listeners of the podcast will we'll know. I'm a big jazz fan. But yes, that, that cover in particular, which is like faster than the original, and I think it's in a different key, because it, it takes some weird liberties with the melody. It's extremely bad. Also, I do like the original song, but I have to say, taking care of business every day, taking care of business every way is some supremely lazy writing. Yeah. Like, it's like they took the original taking care of business and made it into a 2007 WWE wrestler entrance theme. When I used to work at Tilly's at my first job, which was at a clothing store where I didn't belong, um, one of the songs that would sometimes play on the PA with the music video playing was uh, uh, Blitzkrieg Bop, but it wasn't like the studio version of Blitzkrieg Bop. I know what it was. It seemed like a live version, but there weren't any crowd noises. So essentially it had all the errors of a live version, <laughs> but none of the energy. And Maybe it was the Guitar Hero was. version of Blitzkrieg Bob. Possibly. By the way, a really a really bad Guitar Hero version, uh, the Dead Kennedys uh, police truck from Guitar Hero Rocks the 80s. It is just a really, really lame cover with the lamest changes. <laughs> I'm going to play it as like a break song. Cause so anyway, you're a spawn mom. Yes, this, it's that cover of Backman Turner Overdrive. Of, of Botchman Turner Overdrive. <laughs> they really botched that cover. Oh. I, I wanted to overdrive this movie with my car. <laughs> I wish I I wish I'd turned around when I saw this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Bachman, Mr. Turner Overdrive. <laughs> okay, that's the episode title. Mr. 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 Turner. <laughs> Bachman, Bachman, Bachman Turner. <laughs> He'd be taking care of business. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be here all week. Tip your waitresses. We got a great show for you here tonight. Uh, let's talk about the actual movie itself. If you want. I, I'm i not really sure what they're... Oh. Oh. I, I want to talk about the uh, 
the trailers that were on the DVD because... Yeah, I almost have those, and I skipped them in because I didn't like the trailers. <sighs> the first one, it was for this movie called Big Sur. It was about Jack Kerouac fucking his friend's girlfriend or something. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just the most preachy, oh, Jack Kerouac, he's a hero, man. He's misunderstood. J- just that type of thing. And it didn't even look interestingly shot. See, here's the thing. When I first saw that, because I was only half watching, I kind of thought that Big Sur looked like an interesting movie because I know they made a movie out of On the Road. It wasn't paying much attention. And it was also a really long trailer. So I kind of thought that there was a trailer for On the Road, and the next trailer was for Big Sur, which was a lot shorter. <laughs> and I was like, hmm, this looks interestingly shot. Maybe I'll watch this movie. On the road, on the road, take a ride on the West Coast tip. Oh, we're on the road by the Kerouac. Can't drive out the way we drove back. So sneak out this class suburban. And we'll go. But anyway, I saw that trailer for Big Sur and I was like, ooh, this is not promising for the quality of the movie. Big Telesur. Then the next trailer was for this movie called Savannah. Mm-hmm. Oh, let me tell you guys about the premise. So it sent me Antebellum South. Always a mistake. And there's a freed slave, but who the movie is actually about is his white friend who he goes fishing with. Oh, Huck Finn. <laughs> uh, it, it's literally just like, oh, it sure is tough living in the antebellum South and having a black friend. Man, it sure must suck to watch slavery. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wish there was something I could do about this. Guess not. Man, I, I wish I could help out somewhere, but, like, I'm on a quota. This sweet tea is not going to drink itself. I got to sit on this sun porch and fan myself. I got to listen to all these banjos. God damn it. The Civil War doesn't start for five more years. How am I ever going to keep my black friend from being harassed? Guess I got to try and keep him from being harassed across these five autumns. <laughs> Because Across Five Autumns is a famous book about the Civil War. Nice. I didn't even mean to lead into that when I said five years. That's a that's a, a that's a nice synthesis. Five years, probably my favorite David Bowie song. And this isn't one of the things where I say something that sounds like something else and I make it. Five years is an actual David Bowie song. It's made me cry. Five years. It's my favorite. Less than half of a recent Oscar winner. <laughs> <laughs> Made you think for a little bit there, huh? Call in, listeners, if I made you think for a little bit there. Call in. My number is 765. My number is 420-6969. But yes, the, the movie itself, there is not a lot to talk about. There is this very light patina of, oh, the economy sucks, but that's placed within the framework of a bunch of well-off white people realizing, oh no, the economy sucks, 
but we can still fly to France on a moment's notice and rent a car. Yeah, it's weird because they're talking about how they just lost their jobs, but also they're at this fancy hotel. It actually doesn't look all that fancy. I don't know, it's just French, which yeah. means it's fancy. Yeah, it, it looks like a nice cheap hotel in Paris. Uh-huh. Because, like, the rooms are only one room instead of being, like, suites. Like, my idea of what a nice hotel is has been destroyed by uh, pop culture where hotel rooms either look really bad or really luxurious. My idea of a nice hotel is where they live in the sweet life of Zack and Cody. (laughs) It's like either they live in the movie Vacancy with Luke Wilson or uh, the bachelor pad from Down With Love. Yeah, if those references went completely over your head, you're not alone, listeners. <laughs> uh, the Luke Wilson movie Vacancy is about a motel the where logo people get killed. on this microphone reminds me of the 311 band logo. <laughs> He's not alone. It kind of does look like the 311 turns band out, Turns logo. out that blue actually is the color of your energy. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, this this patina of wokeness about the economy where like oh ceos are bad because they ruin people's pensions is it it doesn't really hit all that hard when it's laid on top of a breezy romantic comedy about well-off older people falling back in love Mm -hmm. with each other i would also like to know for sure what pierce brosnan's job was because like as far as i'm certain like maybe he's the dude who crashed the world economy like maybe he's the hedge fund (laughs) manager He's actually the guy who crashed into the world, into the world trade. <laughs> God yeah. I could I couldn't even finish that one. <laughs> laughing at your own damn jokes. Oh, let, let's just keep it at he worked in the business industry. Yeah, it's weird. It's this thing that happens in TV and movies sometimes. We have a serious guy whose job appears to be he wears a suit. <laughs> I gotta wear this suit and get on this bus and go to the office. I gotta go to... <laughs> I went to the business factory. I went to the stock market today. I did a business. I've got to go to the business industry office. Imagine if I didn't have to go there. Yoko, I've got an idea for a song. Here's a joke that I told on stage a couple of times that went over fairly well, but not as well as I thought it was. This is like a, I'm so sick of these double standards we have in society. When John Lennon and Yoko Ono stay in their bed for an entire month, that's a protest. But when I do it, that's a depressive episode. <laughs> Hashtag relatable. Thank you. You're too kind. Do you want to take a break here? Let's see the next time. I was actually going to talk, if, I was actually going to bring up their the, the weird way their kids are brought into the movie because the way that yeah. it treats their kids, it, it really makes it clear that this is a movie this is a a tweed dad movie, not not a weed dad movie, <laughs> but a, a movie for dads who wear tweed it's and a, maybe think about learning to golf. They have a daughter and they have a son, and they talk about their daughter all the time. And they talk to her on the phone, and then they don't mention their son until he shows up in a Skype call. With yeah, them. yeah, and like he is a super hacker. Yeah, their son who is essentially like Chloe from Twenty Four. <laughs> yeah, and. Like, he, he, he's really only there, and the only reason they have him do Skype is so they can fit in the jokes where his roommate is on the toilet in the background, or jacking off in the background, mm-hmm. or a third thing never happens. Yeah. And 
that that that's also a weird in to um the tone problems that this movie has tone because problems. because with with things like that with the the poo and pee jokes it sort of remind it, like the the sort of vaguely actionish plot combined with the poop and pee jokes mm-hmm. brings to mind like a Kevin James movie like True Memoirs of an International Assassin which it's like a two star movie on Netflix you should not watch it but or, it's or a Spalblart Spall Cop pretty much yeah it's this or Spalblart Spall Cop too yeah it's this weird mix of kind of romance kind of action kind of comedy not really trying to be anything but it's also trying to be like this sort of late period Woody Allen, Midnight in Paris type thing where it's like, oh, these charming actors are essentially taking a vacation in Europe and you're you're here to watch them be charming and witty at each other. Except they're not really charming or witty at each other for most of it. They're just, well, they are charming. They're just not given much of wit to yeah. say. Midnight in Paris I like, though. Yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. going to watch it again. I can find it on like DVD at a secondhand place. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna watch any Woody Allen movie in a way that will give him money until well, he's, he's dead. alive. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm the same with Louis C.K. Yeah, that's true. Also, a lot of Louis C.K. stuff not very good. Yeah, I gotta say. I mean, when you watch the show Louis, you're like, oh, it's pretty clear he doesn't want to do comedy. Yeah, he he wants to be Woody Allen, except he's not as good at writing characters as Woody yeah, he Allen. Yeah, wants. It's clear that he wants to do drama, and then you watch Horace and Pete, and you're like, "Wow, he should have just done that to begin with," because he's way better at it. Yeah, than he is a yeah. Comedy. Horace and Pete is like the first few seasons of Louis, mm-hmm. except good. I saw. I saw. Um, you know, it's also like Louis, except good, but in a different way. Seinfeld. Marin. I love Marin. Marin is really good. I love Marin so much. I I watch. For a long time, I kind of watched Marin just because I was like, he's got a pretty cool life. He's got a nice house I like. He's got a bunch of records. He's stylish. He's like lifestyle porn. I was like, this dude. Hey, uh, you, 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 you freaking hate going to the ponderous, <sighs> semi-comedic Netflix show store. You fucking hate going on Chris Hardwick's show. <laughs> that was a good episode oh. of Marin. Let's start a podcast where we just talk about Marin. <laughs> I've never listened to an episode of WTF. I never have. One time we were gonna uh, listen to the Woody, not the Woody, the um, uh, Mel Brooks, the Mel Brooks episode, and Dad put it on on like the, the YouTube audio, and then we uh, served dinner, and then we ate dinner, and then we, you know, and then it was over, and like he hadn't gotten to the interview yet. <laughs> it was still just him talking. Uh, one time uh, we. While hey, fucking uh, going to the Al Brooks, uh, Mel Brooks, Mel Brooks uh, the Albert Brooks office. Uh, one time he was uh, taking me on driving practice. Dad and we were listening. or Dad or Mark Maron? <laughs> Dad. Dad. We were... You hate I, turning on your fucking turn signal. Yeah. <laughs> you freaking hate driving to the DMV hey, office. <laughs> to the worst Maron. fucking... <laughs> You freaking hate my terrible Mark Maron impression office. I'm gonna start doing Mark Maron impressions, but it's all Gilbert Godfrey. Do you hate me? Anyway, I can't say Gilbert Godfrey, though. Whatever, everybody's Ben Carson now. Do you hate going to the fucking post office? If you go as Jeremiah did to stamps.com, when I do that, I'm probably too quiet for the mic to pick me up. My fellow Americans. I, as many of you do, hate 
going to the fucking post office. Let it why? The United States government has made a partnership with stamps.com. You can go to stamps.com and put in the offer code POTUS. That is P-O- Uh... G-U-S. Anyway, back to the story I was telling. The Bernie Sanders show uh, is brought to you uh, by the post office. Do you hate having to go online and try to figure out that doohickey every time you want stamps? You can go. There's one in your town paid for by your taxpayer dollars. You can go there and you can get stamps. You can get as few as two stamps. You can get an entire book of stamps if you go to your local post office. Anyway, back to the story I was telling. So uh, my father and I were going on a driving practice and we put on the Carl Reiner episode of WTF, and I literally almost fell asleep while driving. Like, I, he literally had to grab the steering wheel because I was sort of swerving off the road because I was nodding yeah. off. I don't know if that's I'm, me. Maybe I listen to too many podcasts while I'm trying to sleep, or maybe I was just really tired that day, or maybe... Because, like, it was an interesting conversation. I, I, I don't know why I almost fell asleep on the road. I've never nodded off while driving, but I have nodded out while driving. (laughs) I'm not sure what that's a euphemism for. Doing heroin. Ah, okay. Anyway. I'm not familiar with heroin culture. I learned it from that episode of Dead Authors Podcast with, uh... Right, yes. Anyway, welcome to Podcast Talk, where two siblings talk about other podcasts. (laughs) One last thing I want to say about Louis C.K. I saw... When I, when I first realized we had HBO whatever and we could have watched, like, anything we wanted, I was watching some of the old stand-up specials that they have from, like, the 80s and 90s. Uh, and there's a Louis C.K. one where he's talking about being married and he's like, the trick of happiness in marriage. And I'm like, ooh. <laughs> That's not going to work out for you for very long, Louis. Ooh. The secret to, ha- to, the secret to a happy marriage is to pull your dick out in front of female comedians. Mm-hmm. And with that, we'll be back in two and two. I was just making the joke that he got a divorce. Like, I didn't have to... Right, That's what I thought. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Yeah.
your dresses and kicking the butt. Let's beat you blue or do you lose in your pants? Don't you try to big black stick. There's six of us made to take your pick and ride. wait until the Facebook movie comes out. Not like not like the social network. Sort of like the emoji movie, but for Facebook. Oof. With Owen Wilson as the wow react. Oh god, the emoji movie. I... No way. I've seen a lot of garbage. I'll watch Boss Baby, but I'm not gonna watch that. I do like this uh, TJ Miller quote from an interview where he talks about how children shouldn't be allowed to have fun because they don't have the problems that adults have. Mm-hmm. And he's pretty clearly taking the piss because he's doing an interview for the damn emoji movie. <laughs> and, like, I don't like T.J. Miller in much. I don't think he's particularly funny, but I do like that. Have you watched any of Crashing? I've seen, like, part of an episode because I was in the room while people were watching it. It was the... I think I saw part of the one where he goes to his ex's... Well, uh... Yard sale? Yeah. Yeah, T.J. Miller is in it playing, like, a cruel parody of himself. Oof. Like, he's having, like, because Pete Holmes is introducing him for a bit, for, for, for a, for a uh, show, and he's like, you know, what should I say to introduce you? And he's like, just say I'm, I'm in Yogi Bear 3D, and they'll, they'll love it. <laughs> Which he was. Uh, good things come in bears. Good things come in bears. Still can't believe that poster got accepted like they looked at that said this this is our brand this is our hashtag brand for this content a bear that looks like it's getting fucked good things ejaculate in bears that's the, that's the tagline speaking of bears who fuck let's talk about Timothy Spall in the one I could not do that because uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> when did you start recording, by the way? I started recording right when you started talking about the Facebook movie. Mm. Nice. Did I say anything I'll regret? No. Awesome. But uh, Timothy Spall and the Love Punch. He's got a beard, which I like. Yeah, that's a lot of his character. And I. it's hard to assess his performance in this because mm-hmm. it is clearly just Timothy Spall having a fun time. Yeah. Like, there's some goofy shtick with a gun. <laughs> this fucking most ridiculous scene where his wife is, like, rubbing his thigh under the table. And he's like, oh, you know, this... this... I don't think she says, is there a gun in your pocket, or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> but there is, in fact, a gun in his pocket. This movie isn't that bad. <laughs> I don't know. I would have thought that was pretty funny. If it was. Is there a gun? <laughs> well, in this movie isn't that crude. Yeah, but um, he pulls out the gun and everyone's like amazed by it. And they all jump on it to, to mess with it, and then he accidentally shoots a wine barrel, 
And then the like Timothy Spall's like, I talked to the owner. He says, as long as we pay for the wine, it's okay. <laughs> like there's no consequences in this movie. But I do want to go back and whatever rating I gave uh, Mr. Turner, I'm gonna bump that up by one small. Cause I, cause I thought about this as soon as you brought back the two movies you got from the library and I looked at it and I'm like, oh man, I was so spoiled to have like a, a good movie with Timothy Spall as like the main character. I, he's the side character now, which means I don't get to like see him all the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's just a side character to Pierce Brosnan who, you, you said something interesting while we were watching this together. You mentioned that Pierce Brosnan had aged ungracefully. He looks like he's covered in baby powder in this movie. There's something weird about his flesh tone. Because, see, when I think of people who have aged ungracefully, I think of, like, I don't know, Meatloaf or Nick Nolte. But those might be people who didn't really look that great in the first place. Yeah, and Pierce Brosnan looked great back in the day. Yeah, yeah. He looks like you grew him in a lab to be James Bond. Yeah, like... It, it's weird because he doesn't look bad, bad, but he looks bad compared to previous Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, I just hadn't realized he'd gotten that old. Like, in this movie, he kind of looks like a 40-year-old man who, yeah, he still looks nice for his age, but he's like 50 or something. Yeah, he looks later than his 40s. Yeah, like he's supposed to be playing someone who's on the verge of retirement, but like, he, he looks like he looks like he could be someone's spry dad. Spry dad. So, someone who would be described as Daddy AF. Yeah. <laughs> who fucking do that on my show? <laughs> uh, pal, whose computer is doing the recording here? It's all mine, I don't care. Listeners, call in if you can tell whose computer is doing the recording here. Hey, call in if you think it's my fucking show. <laughs> that is at TalkSpall on Twitter. Or uh, talking about TimothySpall at gmail.com. Is yeah. That right? Did I get that? Yeah. Is that the credit? Yeah. We we finally got some feedback recently. Did we? Yeah. That that Facebook thing. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. And like it's been really really heartening. Yeah, it was astonishing that we have a listener who I don't know personally, <laughs> or that you don't know personally either. Yeah, like, was... a listener that neither of us knows personally. If you're listening, uh, be proud of yourself. Yeah, because we're proud of you, and thank you for putting up with this bullshit. Yeah. Because <laughs> we talk about a lot of bullshit all the time. Oh, especially in this episode, because we don't have a lot to talk about in the actual movie itself. Yeah. Speaking of things in the actual movie itself, let's talk about picking our choice. Today's pick your choice, what's the worst music cue in this movie? Because there is the cover of Taking Care of Business, mm-hmm. there's some little Wayne song... There's Freeze All Right Now, which is, like, a plot point. Because, like, Emma yeah. Thompson really loves she's Free. Like, she's like, this is great driving music, and then she puts it on, and it's kind of not. Like, it's not really driving fast music, I am. Yeah, it's not good music for a car chase, which is the context in which it's presented. We didn't even mention the surprising amount of action that's in this movie. For a movie mm-hmm. that mainly stars, like, people north of 50... Like, there's a car chase, there's shimmying along the length of a building, there's a scene where Pierce Brosnan and Emma Thompson are liable to fall to their death out of a truck that's been pushed over a cliff. Yeah, yeah, which is essentially, it's like the scene from Furious 7 where the bus goes yes. over the edge. <laughs> but that movie was way better. Yeah. I love that movie so much. I mean, 
I don't think that that there was a couple in that movie with as much chemistry as Pierce Brosnan and Emma Thompson. Ooh, I think there was. It was Vin Diesel and the car that's in that building <laughs> that they have to drive out of. Uh, but uh, the Love Punch did not have Tony Ja. Mm-hmm. This is the weirdest remake of Punch Drunk Love I've ever seen. <laughs> Why is it called the Love Punch? I. That, yeah, that's a weird... I don't... There is no reference in this movie to a love punch. Another thing I thought was really weird was it that... It could have been called, like, the Eye of the Rainbow, because that's a thing that shows up in the movie. One thing that I thought was really weird is... I noticed this because it's, like, way early on in the movies. It's in the opening credits. One of the companies that helped make this movie was called Love Punch LTD. Yeah. So I, I just... I don't know what that's about. I, is it like is it like they made that company just for this movie or is it's it like, like a producer's is it, gambit? Is it like a movie that's called like Paramount Pictures the movie? <laughs> uh, coming this summer, J.J. Abrams's Bad Robot <laughs> from the director of Bad Grandpa, <laughs> co-sponsored by Bad Dragon. It's just it's just Robert De Niro in a robot costume doing whatever he did in Bad Grandpa or Dirty Grandpa. I think Bad Grandpa was Johnny Knoxville. Yeah. Hey, you fucking move. What the fuck is this dragon dick? I, I don't do a very good Robert De Niro. Oh, I thought that was your uh, Johnny Knoxville. Hey, I'm freaking John Knoxville over here. Hey, I was in the Godfather. When I asked you, when the fuck did I ever ask you if I could put a dragon dick up my ass? Joe Pesci, is that Bernie Sanders? <laughs> Are you doing Trump? Is that your that, Obama that was, impression? That was me trying to do Joe Pesci in Casino. Hey, I haven't seen Casino, you mook. That's my impression of me. I bet this dragon dick can fit up your Jew ass. Problematic. Yeah. Uh, casino, do better. References to Casino, do much better. Yeah. Eric, having not seen Casino, do better. Check out Casino. People who think Casino is better than Godfather, your opinion, I can respect it, but I don't agree. Really? Like Goodfellas, not okay. Godfather. Because as I say, I remember you didn't really like Godfather. Yeah, Godfather, I don't know, I don't like it as much as Goodfellas. That's fair. Because Godfather's all about, oh, the mafia, it's, it's got, we, we got family and honor. Whereas Goodfellas is just like, everyone in this is a psychopathic asshole who is just so, so worked up about their own insecurity that they just destroy themselves and each other. Well, I feel like you probably couldn't have had Goodfellas without the infrastructure that Godfather. Absolutely, had. yeah. Like, it's like Goodfellas is watch, like it exists on its own, but it, it can't really exist without what came before it. Oh, absolutely. Same way you can't have Chappie without Blade Runner, but I personally enjoy Chappie more. I have not seen either of those movies. You should see Chappie. It's really is, good. Is, is Blade Runner, Blade Runner the one that has Diane Ford in it? <laughs> <laughs> me when Chappie meets whispering to my date when Chappie comes on the screen and Chappie. That's the Blade Runner. I'm pretty sure nobody says the N-word in Blade Runner. Ninja? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, this is a, re I was referencing, I think it's a joke I made on Facebook, uh, fucked up that die Antwerd translates to the N-word in Afrikaans. <laughs> and by the way, those guys, pretty problematic. They did blackface. It's a no-go for me. Even though I do like them in Chappie, their, their music and them as personalities, it's a no for me, fam. I saw one Vice video with the dude 
room, Diane Edward, who I think calls himself Ninja. Don't do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's the one where uh, he goes to Drake's house and plays basketball with Kanye West. He goes to Kanye West's house and goes over next yes. door to Drake's house. And, I don't know, I like his voice. Just because that's an accent yeah. that I'm not familiar with. I like with. his voice. I don't like him as a person. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm sure... We uh we just offended our two biggest fans, Diane Ward. <laughs> Diane Ward, since you're listening, oh, fucked up my joke. Please stop doing blackface. It's a joke pioneered by the uh, by Funkhouse Berlin, consistently the highest rated political talk program in the history of the spoken word. Is I go name a famous person? If you're listening, let's be honest. Since you're listening, and then I say. So, uh, let's pick our choice for the worst music cue in this yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Because there's also, uh, Me and Mrs. Jones that plays in the truck while they are about to fall over the cliff. And it's, it's, a, it's a nice little nudge-nudge that, hey, hey, they're Mr. and Mrs. Jones, and they've got a thing going on. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, huh? I don't know, I gotta say my, the worst one was, uh, it was a Lil Wayne song, right? That, that's a pretty bad one. That's a, a weird one, because it didn't, it also didn't, because the rest of the movie, the rest of the songs in the movie, it kind of makes it like, oh, this is what these old people would listen to. Like, it, it made sense in the context of the movie, but the Lil Wayne one just came out of nowhere. Yeah. Also, I'd like to talk about this sort of mini subplot that happens with uh, Emma Thompson and her love of Free, mm-hmm. because, you know, she plays it in the car with Pierce Brosnan when they get into a car chase. And they get shot by nobody in particular. Mm-hmm. Like, they just, their windshield gets shot, and there's no follow-through on that. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, like, oh, I think something hit the windshield. Oh, we're getting shot at. And then they stop the car, and then they get out of the car. And then they get back in the car <laughs> and drive again. Yeah, and then uh, once, she, after she's fucked the 25-year-old that she was sexting, Mm-hmm. Uh, Free comes on the radio, and she's like, oh, I love this band, you know, all right now. And, like, she does the lamest Spall headbang. right now. And she does the lamest headbang, and he's like, uh, je ne sais pas this band. Uh, I do not know any music that is not about the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. <laughs> the, the only Charlie music. Hebdo Records presents. <laughs> I listen to everything but country and rap. I only listen to how you say the insane clown posse. <laughs> uh, Do you notice und recognize... That's not French. <laughs> Do you notice and recognize miracles? <laughs> <laughs> the fifis the, 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 the of Violent J is confronted by the antithesis of Shaggy Tutop, and this results in the synthesis, which is the Great Milenko. But I am already recognizing miracles all of the time. <laughs> but in it rainbows after it rains, there's enough ideology to blow your brains. The pigeon is already eating my cell phone and flying away. I'm going to have to cut this right here, because we're not doing any more fucking Zizek voice. <laughs> it's ridiculous. We need to do at least one episode where we don't do the Zizek uh, voice. Let's try to make that next episode. Yeah. Because Appaloosa probably will not have many opportunities for a Zizek voice. Maybe. I don't know what that movie's about. I just looked at the cover and I was like, this looks pretty bad. Yeah. Um, <sighs> my choice for worst soundtrack cut 
Ah, it's it's probably the Lil Wayne one for just how unconnected it is to the rest of the plot. It's also probably the Taking Care of Business cover, but, oh, no, no, yeah, this is the Taking Care of Business one, but I also want to say that um, they play uh, I Fought the Law, and there's like a bit where there's a, like a, a literal record scratch. Not a fan. Not a fan of the literal record scratch that is outside of a trailer. Well, it's like, it's the walking, and they go, record scratch? Oh, I have to go pee. And then she comes back, and the record scratches again, and goes back in. No, well, one of them has to go pee, then they all go pee, and, and it's like, a, one pee. at a time, like, oh, I should probably go too. And that, that's, that's one of the more tasteful and funny pee jokes in the movie, but I also want to say, not a big fan of The Clash. Really? I don't know. I am a big fan of the Clash. I, I, my, I, I like my punk West Coast. I like Dead Kennedys more than I like the Clash. I like my punk West Coast, uh, NWA, Shaggy, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Snoop Dogg. <laughs> uh, listeners, I'm right saying. in and Eric for that. Same Shaggy Two Dog instead of Snoop Dogg. Snoopy Two Dog. You got me thinking about the insane clown posse. Although I might have been the one who said insane clown posse, but I'm blaming it on you, alright? <laughs> Those famous members of NWA, Jamie Madrox and uh, Car- uh, Monoxide Child, who are the members of Twisted. No, Dee Snyder isn't Twisted. <laughs> Anyway, let's move on to our small ratings, since we have, we, have, we have gotten all we can out of this slight, slight movie. Yeah, very forgettable. One of our most forgettable. Would you like to go first? Okay, uh, film as a whole, I'll give it two spalls. Boring, forgettable. I just don't really like romantic comedies, I guess. Um, I don't like fun or love. So there's that. <laughs> um... I actually do like romantic comedies, which is why I gave it really? three out of five. Because like, what's your favorite romantic comedy? Down with Love. No. Oh, is that one? Renee Zellweger and Ewan McGregor in the sixties. Okay. It's it's really good. I think I've got the whole thing on Google Drive. Nice. I I need to watch it again one of these days because it's 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 so good. David Hyde Pierce is in it. He plays. Isn't he Niles Crane? Yes. Okay. I saw a car with the license plate Niles. Over the other day, but yeah, I I I agree with a lot of your sentiments about it. It's it's very slight. It's kind of boring. I probably won't remember watching it in a week. Yeah. While I was watching it, the DVD skipped up what turned out to be a pretty crucial scene, and I just yeah. could not tell. Maybe that's the scene the, where they the, talk about love punch because because it was just so simple and. Not simple and clean, but just simple and uncomplicated that you don't really need to pay attention or see some scenes to really get what's going on. Yeah. When I, I was only half paying attention at the beginning, and then after the, you know, there's the, I guess what you would call the cold open, but they don't really use that term in the film. But anyway, the opening, and then the credits, opening credits after that, and then the movie, and halfway through the opening credits, I was like, oh no, I didn't pay any attention to the opening scene. <laughs> what if I'll be lost? Nope. <laughs> totally understood it, because it's not... It's but yeah, I agree with all of your 
criticisms, but I do think that the chemistry between the principal four characters pushes it up to a three for me. That's fair. It, I like it slightly better than Alice Through the Looking Glass. Alice Through the Looking Glass is my halfway point. It is my two and a half. That's fair. That's fair. It, it is the it is the definition of a middle of the road mediocre movie. That's fair. And by that's that metric, we have watched more good movies than bad so far. Disagree, but okay. Um, was Alice Through the Looking Glass higher on your list than it was on mine? No, I think it was lower actually. So more films rise above Alice Through the Looking Glass than fall below it. Yeah, but I wouldn't rate that as like a midpoint. Fair enough. Um. I, I'll have to find the list where I made, because I did segment it into smiley face, meh face, and frowny face, and only four were, like, smiley face movies. Uh, I just don't like things anymore. One of those we didn't even watch, it was just Greg Araki's smiley face, <laughs> starring Anna Faris. So, Spall, uh, fashion. Spall himself. Spall himself. Uh, I'll give him four Spalls. He's a, he's a swell guy. <laughs> it was nice to see him just having fun. I, I'm gonna give it, like... Three, three and a half spalls, cause it's, it, it, it's like him clearly not trying and not having a lot to work with, but yeah, having fun. Timothy Spall was playing a buddy that I would like to have. Like, this is the equivalent of a grown-ups movie, but Oof. for actual grown-ups. <laughs> That's good. Like, this is if the David Spade character or whatever in Grown Ups was like, no, it was like Kevin James in a Grown Ups movie, but he's an actual functioning adult. Okay. And, uh, Spall fashion? Um, I'll say three out of five Spalls. He essentially dresses just like a, like a suburban dad who likes to golf. Okay, I like the beard as like a one time. It's like when you put on a silly costume for a party and you're like, wow, this is nice for tonight only. <laughs> so I like the beard, but I'm glad he doesn't always have Um, I agree with you on a lot there, but I'm going to give him two spalls just because of the uh, white... I don't think it's a golf hat. It's like a driver hat. Mm-hmm. I just don't like that hat. It, it's a bad hat, and it drags right. down his entire sort of normcore dad look. That's one bad hat, Harry. <laughs> You're a haberdasher, Harry. No, nice uh, segment there. Nice, nice uh, segue there, where I referenced a good movie <laughs> and you referenced a bad book. What were you referencing? Jaws. <sighs> it's also there's like a production company that was named after that line. Right, right, I didn't right, know that right. until the last time I saw it. Most recent time I saw Jaws, and I saw it in theaters, and he goes, "It's one bad hat, Harry." And I was like, "Whoa, whoa!" You saw Jaws in the theater? Nice. Yeah. Um, the movie theaters are doing this these days. It's like. Flashback Fridays, they do it. They did it last summer, and I think they're doing it again this summer. Or maybe it was winter. Doesn't matter. But it was like... Is this like in Kent or here? No, in here. Oh. Yeah. Like every weekend, there would be like another... It was 80s movies that they did, and I saw Jurassic Park, and I saw Jaws. Um, I didn't see Raiders of the Lost Ark, because that was the weekend before I found out about this. I was going like... to see Gremlins in is this like a thing they're doing recently, or? They did it last summer. I think they might do it again this summer, but I'm not sure. I also have not been to the movies lately. And which so theater is this? Any theater. Oh. Because it's like a chain theater. The good or Oh, good-ish. right. It's like it's one of the like, Fathom yeah. Events things. Sort of, yeah. Okay, yeah, because I've seen like ads for those, but I've yeah. never actually gone to one. It's not like, it's not like something that happened at the Lafayette Theater. It's just a good, good rich quality theater. Thing. Right, right. But yeah. 
I know it's, I don't know, I think I saw them both at Wabash Landing, which I pronounced weird, I emphasize it in a weird way, but that's, I don't know, I think I went both of them at Wabash Landing, but that's just because I like going to uh, J&O Records. Welcome to the Theater Talk, where two siblings talk about the movie theaters of Lafayette, Indiana. Well, you know they're tearing down East Side 9? Really? Yeah. They're, oh. they're okay, it's okay, because they're tearing it down, and then they're going to rebuild it. Oh! And so it's going to be 11. Nice. And one of them is going to be IMAX. Oh. So it's turning... It's a controlled demolition it's... for an Eastside 9-11. <laughs> you know what? I was about to make a 9-11 joke, too. Welcome to 9-11 Talk, where two siblings compete to see who can make a 9-11 joke first. I gotta stop making 9-11 jokes. Like, I honestly make too many 9-11 jokes. Oh, anyway, let's move on to our recommendations. <laughs> Eric, would you like to go first? Oh, I would be glad to. Uh, one movie that I'm going to recommend is another... Uh, this this movie was sort of in the tradition of the screwball comedy, but... Uh, oh, did we boring. mention that uh, this director, his like entire filmography is these sort of older people being romantic in Europe? Mm-hmm. Like, there's this one movie he did, I can't remember the title, but it's Diane Keaton and uh, Brendan Gleeson, and Brendan Gleeson has a farm that's going to get foreclosed on, and Diane Keaton's like, oh, Satan I can't let his farm get... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish I could recommend that, but it's not related to the movie. But anyway, she's like, oh, I can't let his farm get foreclosed on, and, apparent, and I, I, I assume that somewhere in that in that in that interaction, they fall in love. Anyway, my recommendation is going to be in the vein of the uh, the screwball comedies uh, that this movie was in part based upon, in my opinion. Um, this movie is it's it's called What's Up Doc. Got Barbara Streisand. Uh, it's full of wacky mix-ups and coincidences and car chases. It's a lot of fun. You should check it out. All right, that's my hot take. My recommendation. Is also going to be a romantic comedy, but this one's based around a heist. Is what's up Tower Doc, heist. Is what's up, Doc, based around a heist, or is that oh. another Barbara Streisand romantic comedy I'm thinking of? I think you might be thinking of a different one. Right, You might okay. be thinking of It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. I might be. Listeners, call in if you can remember what Barbara Streisand heist movie I'm thinking of. Please, Miss Barbara Streisand, spitting on the <laughs> Strangling a bald eagle on the cover of some mag. But I love this country. To me, she has no sin. If you don't buy my record, then Al-Qaeda win. <laughs> that was a great Simpsons joke. Oh, welcome to Simpsons Talk. Anyway, uh, my recommendation is going to be... How to Steal a Million, starring Audrey Hepburn and Peter O'Toole. It is similarly slight and kind of boneless, mm-hmm. to to use a meme that's probably out of date by now. Like it, it's just it's just a boneless heist movie. Yeah. But the the chemistry between Peter O'Toole, who plays a art thief, and Audrey Hepburn, who plays the daughter of an art forger. It's nice. Like, there's an entire scene where they're sort of trapped in a closet together, not like R. Kelly. 
thankfully, <laughs> given the recent uh, revelations. And the not-so-recent revelations. Yeah, yeah. There'd be a lot of pee in that closet. Anyway. Hold up, stop the movie, because what you're about to hear is so damn twisted. Not only is there a man in the cupboard, but the man is a magic, magic. <laughs> That's the weirdest part of Trapped in the Closet for me because it says midget and then he fades out and then he fades back in but he's farther away from the camera and he goes midget and it happens again. But yeah, they're they're breaking into this museum to steal a piece of art that Audrey Hepburn's father forged and like they're hiding in the closet and they pop back out to like trip the alarm or something and they pop back in and like it's cramped in the closet. And they're just, you know, they're, they're growing on each other, even though they didn't really like... Uh, Alder Hepburn, like, starts out their relationship by shooting him on accident. And, you know, they're charming. Peter O'Toole, he's very cute. Alder Hepburn, O'Toole, she's got O'Toole. those Liliati clock glasses. I'm the guy in that kid. I'm not the most lyrical kid, no, but I'm known to keep the party going. I forget the next line, but after yeah. this, King of the Teens, I speak to all ages. Positivity is what keeps us famous, yeah. Something about all phases. Then positivity is what keeps us. What I love about Lil Rapper is he's not actually a good rapper. Lil Rapper, whatever. (laughs) Lil Rapper, he's not actually a good yachty. Anyway, I need to get out of here, so I'm gonna go ahead and say uh, I'm Eric Jacoby. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric is a joke. When school comes back, you can listen to Funk House Berlin, consistently the highest rated political talk program in the history of the spoken word. But if you don't want to wait that long, you can check out our back catalog at funkhouseberlin.bandcamp.com. We've got our whole 10-hour show up there. It's a fun time, and I hope you enjoy. I'm Neil Jacoby. You can find me at at F-U-C-K-I-N-A-L-P-A-M-A-R-E, fucking Alpha Mare. Uh, I don't have any other podcasts at the moment. We, I think we're still looking for people to do our Harry Potter thing, because we've got to do, like, what, six movies? And um, we... We want people who like Harry Potter, so we—it's not just us going like, "Oh, Harry Potter sucks." I agree, Harry Potter sucks. Harry Potter sucks. You know, you know what sucks? Harry Potter. And and we want people to provide a positive voice, like like Lil Yachty. Yeah, Eric needs to go, so he's going. Spall his life. Spall his life.